from a simulated version of us coming to you live. We're coming at you from a sim simulation within a simulation of a simulation. And we're all inside Interdimensional RSS, the unofficial Rick and Morty podcast. Who knows what's real anymore? I, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what's real. What's not real? What what twists may come? Oh, I love, uh, I love that movie, Robin Williams. It's in his finest <laughs> role. Well, hello everybody. I'm Travis. Hey, I'm I am Brandon. Everyone, welcome, welcome to another episode of Interdimensional RSS, the unofficial Rick and Morty podcast. That's right. Uh, yeah, it's the. It's another episode. We got we got so much, so much stuff to talk about this week. Uh, yeah, settle in, folks. This hopefully you have a long commute because we have <laughs> we have plenty to discuss this. Week. We and you know the thing about it is we actually we have more than what is in this episode to discuss, and we we made the call early on. You know what? Let's not do that in this episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's true like this is the this is the filtered down version so <laughs> so if if you if you think this is a lot just just think of what got cut yeah. what didn't make the cut for this episode this, this... Uh, and, it, and if you have issues <laughs> with what made it into this episode there are plenty of ways that you can reach us uh first and foremost hit us up on twitter at rick and morty pod uh we have a subreddit rick morty podcast.reddit.com also on facebook facebook.com slash rick morty podcast uh, emails. We're still taking emails. Rick and Morty podcast at gmail.com. And then, of course, you can get t shirts like this one oh, uh, yeah. on our T public site, apatheticenthusiasm.com slash shop. And thank you to everyone that is continuing to support us on patreon.com slash Rick and Morty pod. Uh, we, we had our first uh, hangout this week. Do we, do we want to talk about that up top or, or is it somewhere down in the like three hours of show notes? It's, a, it's, it's at, it's at the bottom. It's in there. It's in there. Okay. <laughs> well, well, we'll, we'll get to that in a uh, short outs a little bit later on. Uh, yeah, Brandon. Yeah. You ready? You ready to do this? I, I, I am. I am. Uh, before, before we get started, uh, I, I have a little, I have a little poem that I, I came up with and, and that I wanted to, I wanted to say and really submit for everyone's approval. Okay. Travis, are you ready? Yeah. I mean, that, that nod, that nod. I feel nod like this would have been a lot better if you'd have just said it and we would have pressed on. <laughs> yeah, well, I know, but you didn't, I, I was expecting you to do it and then you're like, oh, you, you ready? But we didn't, we didn't move. And now I'm, now I'm trapped kind of backpedaling and, tr and, and trying to salvage what, what, we, <laughs> what we've lost. Okay. Winter's gone. Innocence lost. 57 days. Still no sauce. It's time for semi pertinent news. Semi pertinent news. Semi pertinent news. Yeah. All right. This semi pertinent news brought to you by Funko. Uh, not. No, it's not. No, there's no Funko news. No. <laughs> Thank God. Whole. That's semi-pertinent holy shit yeah we don't have any we don't have any funko news this is great we're actually happy because we don't have that much time to cover that stuff yeah absolutely <laughs> uh but this was uh this was a pretty big semi-pertinent news story over the last couple of weeks uh rick and morty still out there winning the awards they uh they took they took a few annie awards 
which is an animation award show for anyone that's not oh, familiar with the Annie's. That's what that's what Annie stand. I thought it was like a Michael Jackson award. <laughs> like Annie, are you yeah. okay? Yeah, they're like it's not it's not it's not a Michael Jackson reference. Uh, no guns were gotten, and uh, and I don't have any other Annie. Re- oh, uh, there were no orphans in it that's, either. As far as far as I know. Uh, uh, I didn't. I didn't attend. Grandpa, Grandpa yeah, Rick, so Rick Warbucks. Warwick. Yeah. Warbrick? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but Rick and Morty uh, won the top TV honors at the Annie Awards, as well as an award for writing. Uh, I think Ryan Ridley and uh, D- Dan Guterman. Yeah. Uh, they. They. I think it was for for Pickle Rick. Rick. Mix up. Yeah, oh. Pickle Rick took took an award. I think that was like the best TV. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One. Rick Lannis and mix then, up. Uh, That's right. Yeah, Rick Lannis mix up. So cool. Good job, all you guys that we we or shower with compliments uh, <laughs> every other week. Yeah. Uh, congrats on getting even more recognition. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, mo- moving on. Uh, so a a a recent YouTube video came out uh, by a certain Whitney Avalon, who she's a creator of Princess Rap Battle. Uh, co-writes, produces a bunch of different battles, and and writes her own comedy songs. Uh, she's been in a variety, IFC, comedy music, all. She's been in a, t- a ton of stuff, right? But anyway, so she came out with a Rick and Morty themed video called "I'm Fine," and let me let me just let yeah. Me this dropped this dropped like I think like right after we recorded the last episode, or maybe maybe just before. I don't know. Yeah, or or during, and then yeah, it could have been like at like while it happened. Yeah, and like we were distracted in that episode because we were watching <laughs> this video. So played uh, with permission, played with permission. Just, we just, just, just so we know <laughs> we're throwing that out there because yes, it's played with permission. We actually, we reached out to Whitney, uh, about this, this video after, after it came out and, uh, we wanted, we wanted to talk to her and, and have her on. Um, but you know, she's, she's way better than us and she has yeah, like super not, busy. She's super busy. Totes and so many great projects going on, but we, we did, we got to ask her a few questions about it uh, in email and so, so she responded back to us but uh yeah I, I mean so we we asked her you know when when she decided she was going to write a song about beth and what she what she came back with was um talking about how the song actually started unrelated to rick morty entirely just about a woman who runs into a dude at a coffee shop and he doesn't mm. He doesn't know when to leave, right? <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, but but her and her collaborator Brendan Milburn used they they use like a, a poppy kind of Katy Perry inspired uh, backbeat, and sh- and Whitney realized that oh you know what let me just do like a pre-established character, and as she you know looked perused around, she found that you know Beth is a really great character in that position. Um, yeah, I think she fits that role pretty well. Of dealing with a guy that you know isn't maybe the best for her and maybe has an issue sticking around (laughs) yeah yeah exactly uh and so so yeah then uh, she rewrote the lyrics storyboarded the video to include uh, so many rick and morty references um and so then i we asked also based off the references uh because the video is full of them 
uh, we noticed that there was a, a lot of like season three specific references. Uh, so we yeah. asked, was it a conscious decision to go that way rather than the like go to historical ones? And turns out it wasn't it, it wasn't necessarily a conscious decision, but since we're dealing, uh, she was kind of writing the character around a post season three Beth. It made more yeah. sense to have season three references more so. Yeah. And I think especially with like, even in the song, some of the things that she talks about are, are very much like end of season three type stuff. So if you place the character in that period of the show, um, I, th- I mean, you could throw in older references, but I think a lot of them, um, they, they feel fresh. Therapy's working. I've never had sociopathic tendencies. I'm fine. I don't see you smirking. I'm not me seeking your love with my dependencies. Since I'm not a clone, that means I chose this and it thrills me. No nightmares about Fruity Land and how much you knew. So, the, so then the the other thing we asked, you know, if is she wants, is she gonna do anything else Rick and Morty related? Um, man, and against again with the princess rap battle, like she has re uh, visited characters before. Um, she she mentioned that Jim O'Hare from Parks and Rec was in their her Mary Poppins versus Mrs. Claus rap battle, hey, and that that's got me intrigued. <laughs> and so yeah, I, she's I I for one would love to see her come back with with some more Rick and Morty stuff. Um, and, and, but she wants she wants to say this to you, Unity. Uh, she's so proud that uh, she, you know people are out there enjoying it, sharing it, finding new Easter eggs, and saying it's getting stuck in in their heads. And and that's that's pretty much because that's of high the, praise for I think any songwriter. If yeah. if a song gets stuck in in somebody's head, it's like yes, mission accomplished. That that Katy that Katy Perry pop, that <laughs> Katy Perry pop. Uh, so. Where, Again, where can we find her, Brandon? Where, if people if people want to see see more, where where can they go? <laughs> uh, well, I can tell you, Travis. Uh, so if you want to if you want to find her, if you want to listen more, uh, if you want to listen to that whole song, if you haven't before, uh, it's really really easy, easy to find her. She's on Instagram, she's on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Just put in www.insertwebsite that I just said dot com slash Whitney Avalon, which is W H I T N E Y. Avalon, like Frankie, A V A L O N, uh, and and last, uh, also Patreon. So www.patreon.com. Whitney Avalon, go support her Patreon. She's, you know, she she's put she's so doing much the hustle. You know, not like doing the hustle, hustle and flow, YouTube, but you know, like she's out there putting out content, uh, writing original stuff, and uh, kudos to her. Well, well done, and thanks and, for thanks for spreading the rick and morty love yeah and and thank and thanks for answering the questions and not just completely being like oh these these losers <laughs> yeah no we really really appreciate that so <laughs> uh go listen to the full track and uh and let us know how many uh of the little bits you found bits. in in the <laughs> in the video uh brandon one last semi-pertinent semi-news item it's uh the dan Harmon tweet minute it's Dan Harmon tweeting minute when he's doing a tweeting thing. It, it um, <laughs> so it it Nailed keeps it. the same kind of uh, melody, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I might no, change I the lyrics. It. Okay, yeah. uh, all right. Here's here. I'm I'm changing up the Dan Harmon tweet minute just to just say a tweet with 
out of context and not talking about it any further than this. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. If you're feeling down today, keep in mind that at one point, the quality of life was so low for so long that the most accessible benchmark for comparing great things was sliced bread. That, that's, that's on my Dan Harmon tweet minute. That's Can't, on my whiteboard at work. That's solid. Oh, I should start putting quotes on my whiteboard at work. <laughs> Nerd. Jeez. <laughs> All right. Well, that's, that's the semi-pertinent news. And as everybody knows, when that's out of the way, it's time for the main thing. It's a main thing. The main thing. The main thing. The main thing. Really, really brought it home at the end there, Brandon. Uh, excellent, excellent work. Thanks. Uh, so I found I found a, a typo in our show notes, but uh, season one, episode four. Is M Night Shyamalan? Ooh, originally aired December sixteenth to twenty thirteen, written by Eric Acosta and Wade Randolph, and directed by John Rice. I hope those awesome. are, I hope those are right again. I I think we do this every week where I say, Did, "Oh, is that the right?" I don't know. It it aired well. It aired probably around December, maybe January, uh, thirteen, fourteen. It was. I mean, it's been a while. <laughs> yeah. Uh, somebody fact check it. And then send that to Steve the Heeb on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> for all doing... right. So, what was this episode about? Uh, we've seen this one, you know, dozens of times. Dozens. Uh, but for those of you that did not get a chance to watch this episode over the last couple of weeks, uh, this is the episode where Rick and Jerry are held captive by aliens in a virtual reality that is M Night Shyamalan style. Uh, so Rick attempts to escape multiple times, only to discover that there are multiple virtual realities encased in one another. However, despite system glitches, Jerry remains completely unaware while trying to sell his advertising slogan for apples. Rick finally games the aliens by giving them a fake recipe for concentrated dark matter. Uh, and uh, yeah, see, I, I improvise one word and then, and then it doesn't <laughs> flow with the sentence. Uh, but the uh, concoction that they're trying to get from him, uh, the aliens send Rick and Jerry on their way and later explode because they gave him a faulty recipe. Uh, yeah, this is, it's pretty classic at Brandon. Yeah. You, you know what, you know what I like about this episode is, is all the twists and because, yeah. and, and, and to start this episode off, to start the discussion about the twists in this episode, let me, let me tell you about a, a little twist I found out just right now on the, on the Webernets. It was okay. directed by Jeff Myers and Pete <laughs> Michaels. And it was, and it was written by Tom Kaufman. Erica Costa okay. and, and Randolph were, were staff writers. They, they are also in the credits. All right. Uh, and, and when did it come out? <laughs> January. It came out in January. What uh, a twist. What a twist. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. What a, oh, I just All right. Had... So there's a f- few extra show notes we need to fix up. But uh, yeah, I think the s- synopsis is pretty spot on. Uh, the content of the episode hasn't changed over the last eight years. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I don't mean this was this. You talk about the twist in this episode, but um, I think watching it the several times that I did getting prepped for this episode, I the level of twist and the the times that the the plot kind of folds in on itself, where you know Rick thinks that he's escaped a simulation or things like that. And sort of the way that the the aliens are um, constantly watching him and like sort of pulling a fast one on 
Rick, who we figure out over the course of the show is it's pretty smart and it's pretty hard to fool him. Um, yeah, like I, there are some really decent twists in this episode. Yeah, no, and I, I, I it's, I like that, you know, they, obviously it's M. Night Shamal, Shamal, Shamalians, yeah. Shamalians, right? Well, I was trying to say what his, what his real Shyamalan. name is. Shyamalan. 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 So having having all those those twists in there, and and then for a long time the shame part of their the shame aliens, I I didn't necessarily get that until maybe last year after we started this podcast, where I was like, oh, because they don't like naked people, it's like shame, like shame aliens. They they don't. I I guess that's. Could Look, be a thing. You thought Ridley like totally planned out the. Uh, he did. I still. I still. Granted, take it for granted. He totally did. <laughs> like, come on, you allow me a stretch. You can have a stretch. I can have. A stretch. All right. All right. Anyway, whatever. Uh, let's let's go over some production notes. Uh, so so a couple cool things in here. Uh, art director James McDermott, uh, color lead James Jason Bosch, background painter Carol Wyatt and Zach Bellissimo did the character design. They did uh, some really, really awesome work in this particular episode. Um, the uh, in 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 Reddit they they talk about the four armed aliens and how difficult that actually is to create and with it not looking wonky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, which after after we read that, I think we both went back, kind of watched the episode specifically, looking at how the the extra arms were moving. To kind of like, kind of get a gotcha on him or something, be like, oh, like, oh, okay, so, so he's excited, so all four arms are going up in the air, but now he's like, he's thinking, and like, one set is crossed, and the other one's like pointing, like, yeah, it's just having an extra set of appendages, I, I would assume that's that's difficult to plan out how to how to act out the character. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, if 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 we're thinking, like, if I'm talking right now. We use people use hands in a specific way to convey certain, you know, meaning and information. Well, sure. what what do you do when you have forearms? You know, I mean, yeah. I don't have forearms. <laughs> I need to work out more. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, so, so 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 props on that. Uh, also, the so the simulation effects took a lot of processing processing to actually animate and render, um, mm. which for uh the uh the, the the folks in reddit they were saying that they went out to uh, obsidian for um uh, oblivion and red dead redemption to grab some of like what okay. what glitching looks like oh to get yeah, the yeah, animators yeah. to be like yeah yeah like this is this is what a glitch was like that, uh, uh, to, to do um You know, a lot of those glitches, though, like just remind me of back when I used to play online games with a really poor internet connection (laughs) and like 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 early 2000s Counter-Strike where like somebody would would like freeze or whatever and like their character would just be like running towards a wall and they're just like still at the wall, still running (laughs) and stuff like that kind of stuff. It just takes me back to that that period of, of gaming for me every time I see this episode. Yeah, or like when we're playing PUBG and then your computer craps out and then you just keep running in one direction for You know what? It's it's a viable strategy and I've I've lived it's it's worked out for me every time. 
I get right? shot so and I'm die, and, by and, and somehow you, they're like, ah, he's glitched, clearly. Uh, <laughs> clearly. Why is that guy just running through a field? Um, I, so I thought this was, this was interesting that this was actually the third episode in production order. The Lawmore Dog, Rick Potion number nine, and then, and then this one. Um, hmm. So, so I thought I thought that was interesting. Just you know, and I think we've talked to uh, um, Brian about this. We talked to maybe Ryan Ridley a little bit about this. Just you know, when they knew the show was going to make it big, and um, you know, we talked about serialization. I think with with Ridley, and mm-hmm. he talked about like they knew they wanted to do some of this stuff earlier on in the season, but because of uh, episode orders, actually airing orders. Um, you know, it it's it seemed like it was later in the season for us, but yeah, and and I think we talked about this uh, just as we were discussing the episode, getting ready for the podcast. But this is this outside of the pilot, this is the first episode where we see something that takes place like off Earth or or out in space. Uh, every episode up to this is is kind of kept it local, uh, either with like the Inception thing or. Or uh, with uh, Anatomy Park, so this is this is the first like opportunity outside of the Gronthalmites, where and and like inter international or interdimensional customs, uh, where we actually get to see like a new alien species and see like how they have like what their interaction with Rick is. Uh, we we realize he's got a, a bit of a, a reputation, or or he's got people out in the universe that that know who he is and and are trying to get something from him. So I. The fact that it's four episodes in, like it's, I don't feel like it's too late in the season, but uh, it is nice to finally start getting some of that sort of off-Earth stuff that that becomes pretty popular later in the show. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. And um, I, I think that the between this episode and Me Seeks, the this is when the the series really started. Uh, like we, Anatomy Park obviously is 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 great. Um, but in Lawnmower Dog, but I, like this is this is like when the show started getting like catchphrasey or not maybe not catchphrasey but but quotable. Qu- sure, okay. Uh, yeah. notable quotables. That's the category that I'm starting. Po- in this. Potent potables. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's it's definitely. Uh, I, I realized watching this episode that there's things I say, uh, that came from like this episode that I completely forgot what it was a Rick and Morty quote. Yeah. Totes malotes. <laughs> uh, and then uh, also just like, you know, the animation, like some of the scenes and some of the, like within the ship and some of the things that are happening, like they're really pushing the levels where you see like a notable, like boost in the quality and, mm-hmm. and like they're, they're just continuing to push the limits with the show. Yeah, yeah, like the 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 glitching of of the people. Whenever like there's like those kind of blue streaks right. going on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then and then when they transfer from the the simulation, the the first simulation to the next level simulation, and it like the it's a treadmill and it's showing Jerry's part of the simulation where it's like making like lasers as he's driving along. And it's, right, yeah, it's it's building up the simulation as it's going. Like it's that's, like you see all this like wonky like geometry that eventually becomes like the actual simulated environment. Yeah, and like when he calls Beth, right, and like oh, it yeah. gives you the split screen, and then the split screen is like materializing as he makes the phone call. I I really like that that just, moment as well. Just just think about what as uh, for me, somebody who who can't who can't really draw, 
imagining what it takes to animate that specific kind of like glitchy type building up a simulation like that's i don't know how hard or easy that is but it's it seems really cool i I would assume it's not something that you would do normally like with it within your given style and so i think it does like challenge a new new aspect of of the artists and and to to try and do something a little bit different Uh, but i think they do a great job in this episode all right. Now, well, let's let's move on to some Reddit discussion posts, Mr. Mr. Travis. Uh first up, want to lead a, lead away. All right. All right. So this is this is the best day in uh old Jerry Smith here's life. <laughs> uh and it was a a simulation running on bare minimum operating capacity. Uh so in general, is Jerry too pathetic to identify with? Or just pathetic enough to identify with. <laughs> uh, yeah. What what is what is your hot take on that? One? <laughs> is he too pathetic to identify with, or just pathetic enough? Uh, yeah. I think we we've said this early on in in the podcast history when we say like, oh, which which character are we? Which realistically, which characters are we most likely to be? And uh, <laughs> as Travis leans into the camera. With his Jerry-esque face. Um, you, here's the thing. We said it before. Jerry is a dumbass. And he's a pathetic Hands dumbass. Down. But in any other show, he would have been he would have been the, the fat husband with the really, really hot wife sitcom, right? He would have been... He's the everyman, right? He'd be the Peter Griffin, right? Just like somebody who's just really, really stupid and pathetic. Yeah. Uh, and... But Rick is there, and Rick is we we the show ends up having us kind of be on Rick's side more so because we all want to be smart, we don't want to be pathetic, and we want to. It's kind of human nature to want to laugh at the the imbecile, right? Yeah, yeah. I I I think I think like getting to the root of the question is he too pathetic to identify with? I I think there are times when he pushes it where you're like, okay, come on, Jerry. Like, but I think it's his, his ignorance to situations for me is, is too pathetic to identify with, but his emotional reaction to situations, I think I can definitely identify with. Uh, I know if, even if I, if I'm in a situation where I'm in a meeting and, and I'm leading the meeting and, and it goes well, I'll, 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 I'll walk out of that meeting just like, bang. It's <laughs> like, like, yeah, I did it. I crushed yeah. it. Now, maybe the rest of the people in there were like, God, eh, eh, oh, what was he talking about? But for me, I was just like, yeah, crushed it. And and then, and then you hop on your phone and you say, Sheena, I nailed that meeting. <laughs> I've got an erection like an East Coast lighthouse. Uh, yes. I want to share it with you. <laughs> so, I, I, yeah, I, I mean, I... I don't think he's too pathetic to identify with. I think the there's parts of him that are just the right amount of kind of sympathy for him to 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 identify him. And, and I think I think some of those weak parts we generally don't want to identify with. And we kind of want to be like, "No, yeah, what an idiot." But in the yeah. back of our minds we're like, "Yeah, I'm an idiot." I'm st- I'm, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm stupid sometimes too. Yeah, and I think I think that's one of the fun parts about this show is everybody wants to relate to Rick, 
but none of us are really a Rick. If we were, we wouldn't be listening to us on a podcast. We'd be doing much <laughs> more. We'd be launching heavy rockets into space and shooting cars at Mars and things like that. Like if we were that smart, but we're not. And and not. that doesn't mean we're Jerry's. That just, just might be that we're more like a Morty or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Morty, Morty's a good middle ground. He's. Morty's there for us. <laughs> the one true Morty. <laughs> uh, um. All right. Well, well, let's let's move on to this next point. If you woke up trapped in a what is it? Zagarian? Zigerian? Zigerian? Like, like Nigerian, uh, but Nigerian. Zigerian. That's right. Uh Zigerian simulation. What details in your life would tip you off to the fact that things aren't as they seem? Uh, this is a tough question. Uh, do you have a good answer for it? I uh, well, let me let me. I answered the I answered the first time last one. So you know, I okay. I, I'm, well, here's here's. I'm putting it on uh, you as as Rick would say. Uh, it's the sloppy details, Morty. Like it's <laughs> it's the little things, right? I think I think maybe it would it wouldn't be until like two hours after I woke up that I'd realize because. The first like hour and a half of my day is very structured. I'd get up, I'd do the shower, I'd I make the coffee, I drive the work, I I I clock in, I do the things, right? Like but then and then I'd start like actually drinking the coffee and looking around and being like, wait a minute. Uh his his mustache is on upside down or something. Like you know, like whatever. Like that <laughs> Pop Tart shouldn't be driving in a in a toaster. Uh I but I think it I tend to pick up on small changes, uh, even like, oh, someone got a haircut. I tend to like notice, even if I'm too self-conscious to say anything. Uh, so I think those little details would be what tip me off. Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess, I guess the answer is the, the small details, whatever random details they are. I, for me, I don't know because every morning of my existence is, is just so completely different from the next. <laughs> no, oh, no. wow. Okay. Like, like, Oh, what time should I be at work? Oh, seven thirty. Oh, it takes me an hour. Okay. I will then leave at uh, seven fifteen. you know? And, <laughs> and, Oh, what? And because it's a, it's an hour commute and the traffic is always so different and I'm always so groggy in the morning. Like I, I wouldn't notice anything then. <laughs> uh, so it would have to be, it would have to be something with, uh, my family. It would have to be something with them. Yeah. The, yeah. W- if they're asking me for a concentrated dark matter, then I then I maybe I know something's up. Maybe, maybe there's something. By the way, uh, if you could send me that recipe, I lost my copy. Uh, oh yeah, but, yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah, thanks. Uh, cesium. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, all right. So hungry for apples. Great ad campaign. You're 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 wearing the button on your shirt right there. Yeah. Uh. Is it a great ad campaign or the best ad campaign? That's that's really the question here. Let let me let me just say the Got Milk guys they don't have a monopoly on rhetorical questions. <laughs> uh, when, so when the Got Milk campaign came out uh, and it had been out, is it still out? I don't... Uh, no, I think they finally switched it to like Milk Life or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> It's Milk really, life? I've, really I've stopped getting wrapped up in the, uh, the, the branding of milk. Cause you know what? I buy milk. 
And if I'm out of milk, I buy more, <laughs> regardless of advertising. Well, okay, yeah. Well, I can't. That cereal's I, not going to eat itself, Brandon. That, that's that's true. But I mean, you buy comics. They they used to have like the Got Milk ads in comics all the time. <laughs> sure. Uh, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, so so when the Got Milk advertisement and stuff came out, I thought, wow, okay, yeah, sure, I have got sure I have milk. This is a weird ad. This is. But every <laughs> once in a while, you're like, wait a minute. Do I have milk? <laughs> got but, you thinking. Got they, you thinking about that milk status. But you know what it is? The got milk, and, and I'll, 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 I'll relate it to Hungry for Apples here in a minute, but got milk wasn't successful just with the words alone, right? Sure. The got milk advertisement was for the witty commercials and the creative commercials and, and advertisers that came out with it. Yeah, like, you remember, and, and all the celebrities with milk mustaches and print advertising. You, you, remember, you remember that uh, the Aaron Burr commercial for got milk? Uh, I think about it every time I listen to the Hamilton soundtrack, <laughs> which means I listen. I think about it all the time. Who shot Alexander Hamilton? <laughs> yeah, that's that's no. what made that advertisement successful. Classic. So let me just let me just say for Jerry in his his, it's not that it's a bad advertising campaign. What it is is he just sold it badly. Yeah, terribly, awfully. I think he nearly vomits twice in giving his pitch. <laughs> yeah, he's like, okay, uh, as apples are a food, excuse me, and then takes a drink of water <laughs> real fast when he's just in the simulation. My my favorite part about Hungry for Apples is the the like real life exposure that that came after the show gained popularity, where you would see like posted on Reddit. Uh, a sign in a grocery store in the produce section that would say just hungry for apples question mark. Or I think that they, I think they did some season two branding for the show where they actually put up billboards around LA that would say like hungry for apples and stuff like that. So uh, the fact that it actually became a little bit of a, an underground ad campaign. Uh, I, I, yeah, it's the best. It's not just a great <laughs> ad campaign. It's the best. It is the best. It's better than Ford, like a rock. I mean, because why why would you want why would you want a vehicle that <laughs> would, is a, who wants to drive a rock <laughs> that would be a small detail i noticed if <laughs> if fords were actually rocks <laughs> um okay with with apples in mind do you think there's enough diversity in the apple awards and if so what can future apple awards do to better help promote diversity well, I think this is the right time in history to bring this up, Brandon. <laughs> and uh, I think I think that Red Delicious apples have been getting uh, a lot of play, and they've been featured as as sort of like the standard in apples. But there are all kinds of apples, Brandon. Yes, sir. And, and the fact that that Hungry for Apples features <laughs> a red apple really like it's 2018. Yeah. I think it's time that we feature you know the golden the 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 Granny Smith, you know, like Granny Smith has been, you know, living in the shadows for too long. And, and, and so many apples have come <laughs> since her. And uh, I, I just think it's time that, that the Apple Awards, uh, they have an opportunity to, to stand up for what's right. That's abs that's absolutely right. You know, I I can't even give a better answer than that. That is, you know, they should just have a, a, like a picture of a bushel of different, different apples that's let, right i you you mentioned red delicious and let me let me let me just add to what you were saying i watched like part of a documentary and it was talking about 
red delicious apples and how they're actually like genetically stupid versions of better <laughs> apples and they're they're not the best tasting apples but they're the, they're not but the the <laughs> government subsidized this specific apple to make it the most popular brand of apple even though it's Again, not the best big big business getting in the way of the appleys yeah bureaucrats have you had an envy apple before? I have not. Friggin' delicious. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Moving on. <That's>, okay. <laughs> uh, stay uh, tune in next week for our new podcast, uh, Interdimensional Apples. <laughs> the podcast. All apples, all the time. <laughs> and it's just us going. <laughs> <laughs> uh, gold, golden, um, golden. Is that golden apple? Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Okay, no, so getting back in, beginning back into the actual episode, uh, at what point, Travis, did Rick know he was in a simulation? And did he ever realize Morty wasn't or was? Uh, so the first, the first question is an easy answer for me because I think Rick knows he's in a simulation from the moment the episode starts. Uh, as soon as we see him, he has already figured out he's in a simulation. And, and the clues there are him dissecting a rat and talking about the sloppy craftsmanship and things like that. Like, like, why is he dissecting a rat? Well, because he wants to see to what level the Zygerians, like, constructed the anatomy of a rat. Because he's, he's just, he's existing in the simulation until he decides to leave at this point. Uh, so, okay. So, I, I think, obviously, I, I don't disagree with that. I think we, obviously, he knows he's in a simulation. I don't, he doesn't know what level of simulation he's in uh, or that there are multiple levels yet. I, that's what I would say. I don't think he knows that there's multiple levels of simulation. Uh, yeah, no, I would agree with you on that. I think, um, you know, and we'll talk, we'll cover this Morty question here in a second, but I think he plays it at a level where he's never, even if he's, he's a hundred percent positive that he's not in a simulation. He's never going to like just give over like what the aliens want. So right. um, it doesn't really matter what level he's in. He's always going to play it the way that Rick would play it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm with, I'm with you there. And, and I, uh, I do wonder you know, he's, he's dissecting the rat in the simulation. I wonder what the events foreshadowing the pickle Rick episode. I don't know. Just saying. <laughs> I I wonder what it is, what the the history leading up to this episode would be for him to get caught unaware and be put into the simulation because they have to abduct him and they have to put him on the spaceship. Well, I I think if we look forward to future episodes like the uh, the Vindicators, like he's capable of getting very drunk and very uh, confused about where he is. So. I mean, it's possible that, you know, he went on a bender and, uh, yeah, and ended up in a simulation. Okay. Yeah, that, 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 is, that is possible. Okay, so did he, when did he realize that Morty was a simulation? Rather than so, so this is, yeah. Now, what, what do you think? I want to I know because I, I think I know my answer. Yeah, I, I, honestly, I think he is suspicious from the start. Obviously, obviously, he's suspicious from the start when uh, he's like, "Oh, ooh," <laughs> just like belittling a simulation Morty there at there at the start, and and I think I think he maintains that suspicion throughout the episode. 
Um, yeah, I I questioned that, and I think it's one of the most like M Night Shyamalan sort of aspects of what the Zygerians are doing in this episode is because I feel like Rick goes from a point of thinking Morty's a simulation, not believing that he's real, and then the Zygerians do such a good job of simulating Morty that Rick does start to believe that it is him, and then once they they go through a couple of you know, actually leaving the simulations. I think that that guard is broken down for Rick where he thinks, oh, like I, this is legit Morty because we just left the simulation. A simulated Morty wouldn't be in a simulation. So, or be able to leave it. And and so the fact that three layers later, uh, you know, that Morty glitches out and disappears, uh, they, they, they do make a point to like show a reaction from Rick in that moment where he he does genuinely seem a little bit surprised and then really pissed off that the Zygerians would <laughs> would make a simulated version of of Morty's Wang. So Yeah, yeah. Um I I don't know. I think I think he he goes from thinking he's a simulation to really believing that it is Morty uh right up until he's shown that it's it's not. Yeah, I I I think not I'm not a Sith, so not dealing in absolutes. Um, I, I think, I think he goes from suspicious of Morty, a a, a large percentage of, of thinking it's simulation to a little less thinking that he's a simulation, but always errs on this is, is always more on the side of he thinks Morty's not real because the, at the very beginning of the episode, Rick follows him to school and you know, there's a scene with Morty. Uh, getting the math problem right, kind of. Uh, you're right. Five times nine is uh, like at least forty. At least forty. Um, that scene is meant as a kind of uh, a, a misdirect for the the audience. It's not meant for a misdirect for Rick because we're. But we, in a way, it works that way too. I think. Well, no, no, no. It, it, so it's a misdirect for us because. Uh, we're watching what we think is Morty and Morty's in this situation. Yeah. And so we're like, Oh, Morty is finding out that this is a simulation and, and everything's a little off. And then it pans over to Rick and he's in the window saying, interesting. But I think for, I think that Rick was there the entire time, just still observing the whole, the whole thing and being like, uh, okay, there's, and we'll, we'll, we'll see the, where this is going. Like, I don't yeah, think my- he, my only Stops counter argument to that is I feel like I feel like Rick truly believes that his one way of avoiding being surveilled by the Zygerians is to get naked. Right? And so that's why he pulls Morty to the showers and that's why they're walking around with no clothes on. It's because I think he thinks that Morty is really Morty and like if he thought Morty was a simulation, why would he go to the level of of doing that and and then and then continuing to like bring him along for the rest of the adventure yeah but well so in in my in my opinion i think that he knows what the aliens do like he knows that he knows that they are monitored right he knows that he's being monitored inside a simulation so anything that he does when he's not naked he knows that they're watching him so if he's outside morty's classroom and he's watching Morty interacting with all these students, Rick in, should know that the Sigerians are watching him. So it's, it's not like a secret thing going on. 
All right. Well, uh, okay. So I think we're I think we're split on this one, yeah. which means it's a great opportunity for you, Unity, uh, to hit us up on Twitter or Facebook or, or over on the subreddit. Uh, even head to the official Rick and Morty subreddit. Uh, there will be a a post about this episode, this podcast episode. Uh, let us know your thoughts. Let's let's uh, continue to have that conversation online. Uh, online. And let, let me just ask. So follow up question on that. Then when if I if I, I'll, I'll go I'll for the uh, sake of this question I'll go that he didn't know the entire time. So when did he realize that Morty was a simulation? When he glitches out and disappears. Okay. Now having asked that. How, why would he give Morty the recipe for an explosion if he didn't know beforehand that Morty was a simulation? Uh, well, because I, I don't think, I don't know. Does it, does it explode as soon as he pours the water in? So, so, uh, when, yeah, before, before, before he finds out Morty's a, sim- well, okay. Well, he, Cause he's I think, like, I think it's cause he's still playing it like he's, he's still being, in a simulation. I don't know that he thinks Morty's the simulation, but I think he still thinks that there's a level of simulation because he says like, oh, and he throws out three ingredients, three ingredients that most likely wouldn't be in a random spaceship in the back. Yeah. Right. And so when he says, oh, how convenient, how lucky that, you know, and he says it sort of sarcastically like, oh, how lucky, like that to him is like an immediate cue. He's still in a simulation because those three ingredients wouldn't be back there if it wasn't. Okay, so so here's if if I'm going your route, he, I think that he will think that Morty finds out Morty's a simulation when he says, "What is it? Cesium, uh, two parts cesium, one part ugh, crap, some, something else, and then however many parts water." Bottle of water. Yeah, yeah. So he sends Morty into the engine room to get that stuff. Why would Morty necessarily know what those ingredients are and what the what kind of bottles they look like? And he comes back so quickly. Exactly. Exactly, and and so, so you said when he glitches out, that's I, that's all I'm arguing. Like that's not okay. The, that's yeah, not maybe the he maybe he thinks yeah maybe that maybe that's the moment when he he decides that it's not Morty. But I don't know. Like his his reaction when Morty glitches out is is angry enough that maybe he he figures it out in that moment, and he and then it's confirmed with with Morty disappearing, and then he just gets really pissed. Yeah, I, I mean, I he he intentionally gives them a bad recipe, so at some point yeah. before that, he he knows, he knows. So that's all. Yeah. That's all. That's all. That's all I want to say. That's all, all right. I'm saying, Travis. Uh, write write the comments. Write the post, people. <laughs> Let, I want to know what you guys think. Uh, we did we did get a uh, a preemptive response from one Chuck Punch over on Twitter, uh, who asked who our favorite simulation characters are. Uh, what, who's, who's your favorite simulated, uh, individual, Brandon? My, my man, my, I'll, I'll do that. <laughs> my man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, that's, uh, Jerry's boss is my favorite simulated character. Um, in part just because I quote him a lot, mm-hmm. uh, even to people that don't know the show. Uh, sometimes I have people that work for me that come into my office and they ask me questions and I will use this as a tactic to get them to leave uh, where I just, <laughs> yes, yes, until they're gone. Um, and then I glitch through my desk and walk into the corner. And keep moving. <laughs> yeah, like your legs turn backwards and then you walk that way first. <laughs> uh, you, I, I, that, 
it's really between my man and and yes it's such a good way to get people out of out of the office <laughs> and just be like yeah these decisions made i don't i don't care even if i don't do that line yes yeah uh, it's it's also a great like uh like inside joke sort of quote from the show if you have people that you work with that that are fans of the show uh you'll do the like snap yes to someone who doesn't know what it is and like odds are someone if they're he- if they're overhearing <laughs> your conversation will get a chuckle out of it yes <laughs> absolutely right uh okay thank you thank you chuck punch for for that question and hey like i promised I would try to answer your question on the podcast. <laughs> we did it. I, right. I remembered to put it in there. Uh, favorite bits now. Favorite little bits. Little bits. Uh, the first one I have written is Jerry's boss saying yes. So I think I think we've I think we've covered that one. Yes, uh, succinctly. <laughs> okay. Well, well, what, what's your next one? Um, I well, just overall, I think that the fact that that Jerry's uh whole experience in this episode it. it we didn't really talk about the fact that there's there is an a plot a plot b plot in this but it all exists within the same umbrella of the simulation mm-hmm. but everything on Jerry's side where uh everything is like turned down to that 5% cpu power and 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 he's oblivious to all of it the the guy in the meeting room who stands up and shakes hands with no one or or you know like just the <laughs> Like when all like the same three characters are repeating in the background as he, as he's walking down the street, yeah, uh, it, it takes me back to like the old like Flintstones cartoons where <laughs> you'd see them running and the same piece of background would keep going by. Like it, like just all those little things that you you maybe don't pick up the first time. Uh, re- really nice touches throughout the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I agree. And great great point about the A and B plot essentially being the same plot. It being like the localized kind of environment because right. yeah. in, in other episodes we see like Meeseeks we'll see next week like the, the Smith family is doing something completely different than what Rick and Morty are doing when they're going on their adventure uh, right. so so great point my, my first my first favorite bit is uh, the the Baker Street song by Jerry Rafferty but <laughs> That is, <laughs> let me just say, like I love I love that song on on Grand Theft Auto uh, the 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 recent one like whenever that song comes on I'm just like I blast it I'm just yeah. driving through running down pedestrians I uh, I like that they play it for real but then later when like Rick is just basking in his own brilliance <laughs> and he's just like bah, bah, nah, bah, nah, bah, nah. yes yes uh here here's there's there's really I, I mentioned last night when we were playing games I was like oh I have a good good thought a good point that I want to make but I'll bring it up on the podcast so here we are the <laughs> the first time we hear Baker Street is when Jerry's coming out of the uh, hungry for apples His advertising office success yeah. right and he's like it's playing the actual song and then at the end uh, Rick is just does like an improv version, a really, really crappy improv, like a Brandon version, like a Brandon, like a Brandon version, new segment, like not me, like doing him. Like he's, he's like doing my thing. Uh, well there, there's, there's a point made wherever Reddit or somewhere else about how, how Jerry's life, his like ultimate goal succeeds in a 5% power 
right? Yeah. And and Rick's life is so complicated and so there's simulations on top of simulations. And there it's such a good like juxtaposition. Jerry's life is so simple and he has the actual song and <laughs> and Rick at the end mirrors it with this this whole convoluted series of events and then blah 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 blah. <laughs> I think that's I think that's such a cool uh throw like tie in for yeah, throughout the episode. Yeah. That is that is really cool. Yeah. yeah. Um all right. Uh other stuff. Other stuff. Uh, I like how Rick overloads the simulation using complex rap lyrics. Uh <laughs> I, I, I just love the idea like of of just messing with the code and throwing in like weird math and stuff that would that would just cause too much computing power and that's what shuts <laughs> it down. Yeah. Um but I also like how that that ties into the next scene where everything is frozen and, and we go back to Jerry's with Beth uh, celebrating his victory. <laughs> and her, her <laughs> and, arms are and, just up in the air. <laughs> and you hear him uh, mid-coitus uh, saying, hungry for apples. Uh, so, so my challenge to you, Brandon, and I mean anybody really listening at home, is uh, you know, bring that into your, your home life. Uh, try that the next time you're you're intimate with a loved one, please. And, uh, you know, see how it works out. Yeah, please, please let us know. And, and, you know, send us, uh, <laughs> send us, uh, you know, a tweet, an email, let us know how, how you did. <laughs> I, that's, that's I, enough, friend. I know that's I still enough. have it. There's, <laughs> 40, still have. there's 40 seconds left. Uh, <laughs> uh, nope. That's good. Uh, so, uh, totes, Malotes dog. That's, that's a great line. Totes, Malotes. Uh, Throwback to one of our early episodes talking about butthole flaps. <laughs> Let's keep that appointment going. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. That that was that was a little bit on there. Yeah, it was uh, David Cross saying, uh, you know, no, no, you know, go ahead and keep that on there. Actually, move it up. Move yeah, that appointment. Let's move up. it up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I like the real quick voiceover by Maurice Lamarche from uh, you know Pinky and the Brain. He does the voice of Brain. He, he's he's one of the aliens randomly in, inside the, the ship. Uh, the I, he, something I, I watched with, there's a transition where it's going from Jerry's simulation to Rick's and Rick well Rick's part of the simulation and it's uh, the the camera like pans quick pans to the left and then there's like a real quick shot of two Nigerians in a bathroom and one's washing his hands and the other one's sitting on a toilet reading the Planet News and. <laughs> And I pause it. It's so it's so quick. It's like one frame, and the the one on the toilet is wearing pants. <laughs> like he's got <laughs> his pants are completely on. So I I thought that was a really cool <laughs> a throwback to them not liking nudity. So ah, <laughs> uh, very yeah, I mean, yeah. That's that could be a thing. Uh, I want I want to talk real quick about the green zero G. Uh, sort of creature collection chamber mm. on the Zygerian ship. Uh, we we talk about them pushing animation and and doing things with the background. There's tons of little like enclosures where we just get silhouettes of different creatures. I was trying to pick out uh, if there's any recognizable like shapes or characters in there, and uh, it turns out that there are some Plutonians uh, hanging about. We actually get a shot from behind one inside one of those little cages. And I was like, oh, wow, that's a cool thing. I'll throw that down. And then, like, the next scene, they're running, they're doing a montage running through the ship. And there's, like, two more 
Plutonians like kicking a ball between each other. Or yeah. something. So we have we have no idea, you know, first airing of this, who those creatures are. Uh, but I kind of like that they're in that episode mm-hmm. before we actually get to the point where we're, you know, visiting what is or is not a planet. Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. That, that, that That's definitely, like, when you're looking at all those silhouettes, and I think like in Morty's Mind Blowers, when you're looking at like the, the cages too, you're like, where, show me some some hidden characters, some yeah. some yeah. cameos. Where, where's the Mickey Mouse? Where's where's the app? <laughs> who's, who's getting sued? Yeah, like I think there's a silhouette of a, a Gromplamite in, in, in some of those, so. Uh, so my last, my last favorite bit is the pop tarts driving, <laughs> driving a toaster car and, and, and Morty saying, why, why would they want to live in a, in a toaster? That would be like the scariest place for them to live. And, and Rick saying, you know, you're missing the point. And Rick saying you're missing the point should go into like, this is a simulation Morty, but Rick's missing your, the point is no, you're missing the point. Why would they drive a a, to- a miniature toaster like do you drive a miniature version of the house <laughs> oh yeah uh which i like that conversation too speaks to the weird twisted meta of the, of the entire episode where a simulated morty is is questioning the quality of the simulation that he himself is a part of like like those details when you really like spend enough brain power thinking about it uh, that's that's where you can really get mixed up in the yeah. shame alienness of the episode. The, the Zygerians, you know, they they can afford a a, a dual core system, dual core processor. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> All right. So so that that that's what we have. Do you have any, do you have any other uh, any other favorite bits? Uh, no, I mean that's that's the big uh, stuff I wanted to hit on. Overall, uh, I really do enjoy this episode. Um, I don't know. I I I don't know that it's like top 10 or something for me but i do feel like it is a very um it's a real quality episode and i think it's one that you can point to early in season one where you're like all right they're they're figuring out like some some of the pieces that are quintessential rick and morty here and uh i don't know i just there's a there's a lot for me to love in this episode Uh, uh, yeah totally i it just continues the streak of like a really really well written show and and when i when i used to hawk my fandom on on people when season one season two came out like this i was this is the type of thing that i meant when i said the show was intelligently written and really creative and witty it to to suck you in so absolutely uh Uh, well yeah well that's that's our take on on this episode but i'm sure you guys have have plenty more that that you like about the episode or some things that maybe we missed so uh, definitely hit us up on Twitter or over on Reddit, uh, even on Facebook, where, wherever you're comfortable. Send us an email. Uh, we, we'd love to uh, talk more about this episode and maybe feature some of your comments in an upcoming episode. All right, yeah. Brandon. Is it, it's is transition it? time. <laughs> transition. Let's force this transition. <laughs> All right. Roll the music. crushed a can hell yeah yeah but there's still beverage in it so like i don't i didn't want to fully crush it because can crush a better you than me (laughs) uh yes so this week we have fart versus mr me seeks the battle of the century week century week uh so before before we get into the actual results a few comments from from unity out there daniel j 
uh, Daniel J Films over on Twitter. Hashtag Team Fart. I love Jermaine. Hey, who doesn't, right? Who, who doesn't love that? Uh, Flight of the Concords com- coming back out for uh, another touring. <gasps> I, d- I think they're. I think they might be doing something else with HBO too. Don't <gasps> quote me on that. Oh, bless. Yeah. Oh, stay still, my heart. They're also working on uh, what's the uh, what lurks in the shadows or what's what's that? Yeah, what we do uh, in the shadows. Too. What we do in the shadows. But they're, it, they're working on a TV version of that, aren't they? Uh, maybe. But the the sequel is going to be based off of uh, the werewolves. Ah, all right. Well, stay tuned for that. Stay t- stay tuned. Uh, uh, so uh, inked at inked, inked inspector, uh, our our friend. Mr. Me Seeks aren't born into this world fumbling for meaning. He is created for a singular purpose. If his sole mission is to kill Fart, well, he's going to make it happen. Waves of Kamikaze Me Seeks. Nice. At- uh, data kiss. Fart. Easy win. Summon all ye Me Seeks you want. The Fart is inescapable. <laughs> uh, at Ape Richmond, a Fart could implant the memory of Mr. Me Seeks, completing his goal. He's the only being in the multiverse with the power to beat a Me Seeks. Oh, and then. So lucid. So lucid. Uh, <laughs> Fart can go out uh, with a mus- musical number. Uh, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. He is. He is not wrong. Uh, thank. Thank you for your submissions. Here. Here's what. Here's what happened, Travis. You. You want. You want to read this, or you want me to read it? Because I, I wrote it and it was really long. I think you should read it because okay. I'm just gonna screw it up. Okay. Let, let me. Let me go ahead and preface this with. Man, you know, it is really hard. That is a really hard... <laughs> uh, so I, I apologize to everyone ahead of time. Um, okay. stay. Sit back in your seats. If you're driving, just tilt the seat back. No, <laughs> not, many, not many know the history behind how the Galactic Federation got a hold of Fart. Uh, a few years before we meet him in, in Morty Night Run, Fart was scouting the universe in, in preparation for his invasion force. With reports from various planets about a being that could transmute matter into other versions, the Galactic Federation's interest was piqued. After hunting Fart down, an elite team of Gromphalmites, the Gromphalmite Force, uh, is what I wrote, uh, was completely decimated by Fart, changing them into blocks of lead, turning them against each other, and melting their guns. Just melting their guns. Like, that that part didn't kill them. Listening over (laughs) the communication relays, the Galactic Federation president, shocked, called his chief of staff into the room. Bring me the briefcase, he said sternly. His chief of staff, Hlockor, brought in a blue box with a single button on top. Do it, he whispered sternly. I added those sternly parts. The next day, while Fart hummed a melodic tune, a battleship flew overhead. Out of the ship, a blue figure jumped and came screaming toward the the gas cloud, yelling what seemed to be the figure's name. Me seeks? Fart asked. I, look, I can't do I can't do Jermaine's voice. It's, it's unique. N- nobody's nobody's expecting that. <laughs> uh, Mr. Meeseeks landed in Fart, but Fart wasn't phased. Fart turned the Meeseeks into ice, yet could tell that the Meeseeks wasn't done trying. Fart turned to the battleship flying overhead and zoomed up to meet it. He flew into the cargo bay of the ship and noticed a single Gromphalmite adorned with metals holding the blue box. Uh, and adorned with metals because he's like really decorated. He's a, a combat veteran, I'm assuming. Uh, a Gromphalmite, uh, 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 you know, <laughs> clearly, clearly a veteran of the Gromphalmite force. Yes, exactly, exactly right. Now we've got you, he said. Why does he sound like that? He said and hit the blue button repeatedly. I'm Mr. Meeseeks. Look at me. <laughs> Capture that creature. Ooh, we can do is what uh, Meeseeks says. The and then so all these unified Meeseeks start after fart. 
and Fart starts attacking them. But despite their numbers, the Meeseeks can't overwhelm Fart. He's just too powerful. But the sheer amount of Meeseeks does annoy him. So he decides, you know, I'm going to turn my attention to the box. And if I can destroy that box, maybe I can destroy them all. But here's a kicker. Before he could attack the box and its holder, a single Meeseeks dressed like a scientist sneaks over. His eyes are sunken and his face pocked with stubble. He looks broken, like he'd been alive for years. This Meeseeks was carrying a weapon. Suddenly, Fart gets shot by scientist Meeseeks and is stunned. As hard as Fart tries, he's unable to change the molecular structure, unable to move, completely immobile. The Gromphomite leader laughs. Meeseeks are here to fulfill a single purpose. They'll go to any lengths to complete it, even if it means creating a device to subdue you. A Meeseeks put puts an electronic device around Fart. Ooh-wee. And the Meeseeks disappears. <laughs> Very well done, Brandon. Thanks. Very well done. So, it's, uh, it's hard, man. That's, that, that, that's, a, that's weird, a tough one. That's a tough that's story tough. to tell. Ugh. Yeah, but, but the votes were in. Uh, 38 to 62 in favor of the Meeseeks over on Twitter and 28 to 72 on Facebook. Uh, also, rooting for the Meeseeks. Not not making it easy for us, but uh, yeah. How do you how do you how do you do? I, I mean, obviously, Fart doesn't die, but um, he's he's definitely the loser in this fight. Uh, and and how how close to death can he really come? Yeah, we, we may never know. Well, so so when I when I when the votes well, really, whenever I didn't actually do the generator and pick these randomly, I didn't realize what kind of task I was setting aside for myself, but. Like, Fart Fart is dead already. So I came at it with, like, he's. Let's not have it be him being dead. Let's have it be like a prequel to Morty Night ah, Run. Yeah. Right. And then. Yeah, that's true. Uh, somehow do do it with like that. And there was a part in there where like I tried to have like him attacking the box, and like if me seeks maybe their box is destroyed, then they disappear. But who knows? But I, I didn't could, have that. Who could say? I didn't have that much creativity. We're we're still waiting on the uh, the actual writers of the show to <laughs> to follow up with the the, the Seeks episode. Um, but yeah, thank thank you again. Oh, oh, I, I do want to say one last thing. the 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 whole prequel thing actually came to my mind because in Morty Night Run, when they're at the Blips and Chips, Blips and Chits, right? There's a Seeks in the background of that. And yeah. So originally, yeah. I wanted to like try to work that in there, but. Um, I, I didn't. I did not do that. I, I can't fault you for that. Very well done. Very well written, Brandon. Shut up. Uh, and, and well told. <laughs> I, I enjoy the uh, the the impressions as well. Solid, solid Nisi. Shut, shut up. Okay. <laughs> uh, next week. Next week, here it is. Drum roll. We have Blim Blam the Core Block versus Water Tea. Blim Blam versus Water Tea. Not Ice Tea. Water Tea. No. Water Tea. Uh, <laughs> so we so, um yeah so hit us up let us know who you guys think we're gonna we're gonna push this uh push this uh poll out probably probably right around the same time that the uh, episode is released so so look for that over on twitter and on facebook so that you can get your votes in let us know who you think will win get them votes in and now we move on to listener suggestions and short outs brought to you by Brandon and Travis. <laughs> That's right. And brought to you by all of you sweet Patreons. 
uh, still supporting us over on patreon.com slash Rick and Morty podcast. <laughs> I have to scroll up for Rick and Morty pod. <laughs> yeah. I have to scroll so far up to uh, to see the beginning of the show now. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, w- this week we got to we got to do our first hangout sesh for for those folks that support at the ten dollar level or higher. Um, and it was it's kind of a blast. Uh, big big thanks to to Justin for showing up. Uh, I think I got that name right. I'm you you, super you good did with names. You 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 are so good. You finally got my name right. Travis that's right Brandon <laughs> yeah no it, it was it was super cool we, we we hung out uh we we talked about just really we did we we went beyond Rick and Morty and we just we it was a hangout in the, the truest sense of the word and so we really appreciate Justin for um not only supporting us but also talking to us and not thinking yeah. that we're really just gigantic pieces of shit um yeah. And and, yeah. we're and and all of you that don't think that we appreciate. <laughs> uh, uh, also, while we're talking about Patreon, uh, they added a new feature. So if you are if you are supporting the show on Patreon, uh, grab the mobile app because they added something called Lens, where we it's it's basically like Instagram Stories uh, for patrons. Uh, we're going to be trying to throw some additional behind the scenes stuff up uh, over on there. Maybe Brandon will grab his phone and, and shoot a lens like right now i don't mm. know maybe he mm. will maybe he won't uh I'm but water. uh I'm yeah water. <laughs> <laughs> uh so look for that and uh just thanks again to everybody over on patreon uh next up we have twitter uh Ooh. thanks twitter people uh alex richmond asked last last week what beers do we drink when we record i think we mentioned some brews uh in a previous episode and wanted to know what we were drinking I think I think last time I was drinking a Shiner Bach and uh, you had like the blue can of Bud Light. Yeah. Like dilly dilly. Dilly d- uh, son of a gun. Uh, what what are you drinking this week? Th- this week I'm drinking a an India Pale Ale, Orange Blossom Brewing Company. Back in the day IPA. Uh it's a it's a Florida lo- it's a Florida local beer, a craft beer. Hey, Pretty rad. good. Pretty good. Last night during our our live hangout I was drinking some uh Stone Brewing Company IPAs. Uh, oh. brewed and bottled in Escondido, California. Solid, near, kind of, kind of right between where both of us grew up. Uh, but tonight I'm I'm going uh, La Croix, uh, La Croix, to be even more pretentious <laughs> than an IPA drinker. Uh, that 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 stuff tastes like aluminum. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's it's growing it. on me. It's growing on me. What can I say? Uh, we we do want to say thanks to everyone any and everyone who tosses us in their follow Friday or, or share uh, on, on Twitter. We, we appreciate the heck out of that. Yeah. All, all of you guys that, that tweet about this podcast, it really helps the show kind of uh, expand our reach and, and grow yeah. into a, a bigger audience. So thanks to everybody that continues to yeah. support the show on Twitter. E- you guys are the best. You're right. Even, even Billy King XXX. <laughs> We, he keeps posting, tagging us in so many, like, scaly clad like, you, know, you know, the thing is, like, I I was going through our Twitter, like, responses for the last, like, couple weeks to, to just for this segment. Uh-huh. And there is a lot of, of, of traffic in there. So, hey, <laughs> thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, yeah. Uh, moving, moving into emails, Tyler Tigno, uh, brought up an interesting question in a a recent email. Uh, And I don't know that we're properly uh, prepared to, to answer this. Uh, And and I think it starts with a, a lead in question. 
Brandon, how familiar are you with Doctor Who? I, 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 my wife would leave me for uh, David Tennant in a second. That's how. Who wouldn't? <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Uh, host, I'm telling you right now, David Tennant came to me and said, hey, I want to do a podcast with you, but you got to leave Brandon. The- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I want to do it. I want to do it. I want to do it. No, no, no. Just for like an episode or or yeah, at least two, at least two. an episode. Uh, so I I know Doctor Who. I I know I have a passing familiar uh, familiarity with it. I I have Wikipedia'd it and like try to catch. Like I know what some of the you know um, some of the characters you're, you're are. Picking up like the wave top pop culture elements from it yeah like you're not you're not a diehard whovian like the daleks uh, like I, I i know some of this stuff um yeah yeah but i i, I i've watched probably like a season or two of doctor who it's one of those shows that i've always wanted to watch more of but i haven't uh, my wife just never got into it and so it's one of those shows that i have to watch by myself uh and and that's you know rick and morty already takes up enough of time so uh but I'm, I'm vaguely familiar with doctor who uh, i i get the, i get the concept of the doctor and, and and which brings us to tyler's question who do, you know sort of like a blood dome battle league situation it, rick versus the doctor who would win that's who that is that is Ooh. a serious question time, time lord versus basically a god so yeah well i mean according to rick <laughs> uh you know i I I don't I, I don't know enough Doctor Who to to make a case for or against it necessarily and and I really I do want I do want to answer maybe I'll ask uh, Chelsea the wifey uh, who, yeah who I, she I feel like I feel like the the Time Lord is is very powerful I feel like the Doctor like um the fact that like he can die basically and come back as someone else like um. He's kind of got that over Rick. Rick has clones, you know. Rick, yeah, you know, Rick can do the same thing. So, uh, for the sake of this being a Rick and Morty podcast, I'm going to say Rick. Rick, yeah, I'm gonna, absolutely. I'm going to stand by it. <laughs> but Unity, let us know what you guys think. How have everybody answer Tyler's question? We want to know who you think would win in a fight: Rick versus the Doctor. Yeah. Uh, finally, a couple of reviews. Brandon, you want to want to yep. shout these guys out? All right, MC MC Arvin. I could say Mick Revan. There's so many pronunciations I could go. Uh, they write, just found the show and started it from the beginning, and I'm really enjoying it. Thanks, guys. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I, I don't know why I do that. Thank there you. It is. <laughs> uh, D- delay 31. Uh, I felt delayed at 31 as well. And <laughs> at 35, I'm still feeling that way. Uh, you guys are hilarious and play very well off of each other, Travis. I stumbled upon your podcast and have been listening to it ever since. Actually, he didn't put the ever in there. Listening to it since. Even when you two get off topic, which we did a lot this episode, it is still funny and entertaining. The fact that you guys make up the intro music as you go is awesome. Keep up the great job. Hey, thank- people love people. People love that intro music. I don't. I don't care what some listeners say. Tyler, <laughs> uh, different Tyler, not Tyler. Different Tick- Tyler, Tick- not Tyler, Tyler Tigno. No, he knows who he is. Um, but yeah, yeah. Thank you guys for reviewing the show. Thank you guys for, for your continued support. Uh, we are more than happy to shout you guys out, uh, in an episode because you guys do so much to 
uh, kind of keep this show alive and keep it going even in the off season when Dan Harmon can't sign a freaking contract. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, more power to him, but he's, you know, make the show guys, please, please. 57 days. Uh, <laughs> no sauce. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and this is, this is it for the old M night Shemalians episode. And then n- next time it's, it's me seeks baby. It's, it's a classic. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, so many people consider this episode to be, uh, their go-to intro episode for people. If they're introducing the show to other people, uh, do us a favor, go and go and check out that episode, watch it again for the first time and, and let us know your thoughts on me seeks and destroy so that we can chat it up in a couple of weeks. That's right. Or just go to the YouTube video where I do, <laughs> I do the episode as Rick <laughs> live in front of a comic con audience. Yeah, Shout out to Justin I mean, who actually was there and, I somehow stayed for the whole thing. So, <laughs> yeah. Congrats. Um, all right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. And until next week, I'm Travis. Until next time, I am also, I'm not, I'm Brandon. You're not Travis. <laughs> all right. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. Bye. See ya.